Hello, everyone. In this episode, we will look into the future and find the best bets to make for this NBA season. But first, we have a brand new segment. Welcome to Dimes. Welcome back, everyone. I am your co-host, Carter. With me, as always, JR. JR, how are you feeling this lovely Wednesday, less than two weeks until NBA preseason begins? Exactly. A week closer. I'm feeling good. <laughs> we record on Wednesday, even though you're listening to this on Friday. Secret's out. <laughs> the secret is out. It's preseason. Come on. We got to get a lot of time to record the episode. There's games in like Tokyo. That's when the first preseason starts. Do you think we're actually like, because it's an exhibition game over in Tokyo, we'll maybe actually see some of the stars play? I think so. I think like I would be upset if I was there and like, because <laughs> isn't it the Warriors playing there? Yeah, Warriors. Yeah. Like if Steph wasn't playing, like, I guess it'd still be cool to see him on the bench. Like, I hope he even goes, you know, but he better be playing. He just does his pregame warm-up and then just sits down. Yeah. I hope not. For those fans, let's get into our brand new segment, JR. It's called Fire or Ice. A great a nickname for two people. Who knows? <laughs> but in this case, it means... Is this NBA headline fire? Like, does it mean something? Is it burning? Should we care about it more? Or do we need to put it on ice? This doesn't matter. It's just filler in this dark time of the season. So I ask you first, JR, Dennis Schroeder getting re-signed to the Los Angeles Lakers, possibly taking the starting point guard role for Westbrook. Who knows? Is it fire or is it ice? Schroeder back in the Lakers. I'm I'm getting a little fire on this story. Ooh, you see a little smoke coming? There's a little smoke coming. You can smell it in the air. I don't know that it's coming from the taking Westbrook starting job because I feel like that'll be very hard to do just like from a Westbrook allowing that to happen mindset. Sure. I know that's been talked about a bunch and the coach even said it, but like, I kind of think that might be a stretch. But in the way of like team chemistry, I think it's it's going to happen. The fire. Mm, interesting. I saw like, well, first of all, it's hard for a front office and coach to justify starting someone who makes like two to four million and then benching someone who makes 42 to 42, 44 million. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, that's difficult. I saw they said they view Patrick Beverly as more of a wing. And he's got like the biggest bark in the NBA versus the smallest bite. Like he's not going to be able to defend Paul George or Kawhi Leonard on the wing. No way. Like that's, I actually didn't see that. And that's crazy. Cause he's not even a big guard. He's like a, completely a point guard. Yeah, absolutely not. So you're saying the fire from a team chemistry, like this might matter in terms of like it exploding or it like, creating a warm fire for everyone stay toasty around <laughs> i just think like i wonder who's going to be the first laker to like lean into dennis and be like hey uh remember when you turned down all that money <laughs> a couple years ago <laughs> like i think and then no. it's like over immediately <laughs> got it so this is going to be explosive this isn't a good yeah. fire we didn't care about this because it's going to go pretty poorly yeah explosive fire bad business decisions from schroeder he got offered 80 mil from the lakers Turned it down. He said, I'm going to get more someone else. Ended up getting a minimum contract on the, or maybe a mid-level exception. Very small contract from the Celtics. Got traded just to get him off the team. Ended up on the Rockets last year. And now he returns to LA on a vet min. <laughs> what a journey for tennis. Yeah, yeah what a roller coaster. <laughs> this one is fiery. I agree. Next up, we got Kawhi's thighs. We saw a very low angle picture of Kawhi Leonard running and his thighs looked massive. We're always in on 
the Kawhi pictures, whether it's his shoulders or any part of his body. Is this picture proving anything? Should we care about this? Is it fire or is it ice? I want it to be fire so, so, so <laughs> bad. But I can't remember a time when an off-season picture came out and then it like meant anything in the regular season. <laughs> That's a pretty incredible, incredible point. Just like Josh Primo's pictures a couple week, weeks ago, it's all about the angle. And that was a very low angle. It really was, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think we can ice this one, right? I mean, it's just an yeah. angle. It's off season. It was a high shorts move. I mean, come on, big guys. What's that going to do? <laughs> Hopefully keep him on the court, but we'll see. <laughs> we will see. Ice it, Kawhi. And finally, biggest NBA news. Robert Sarver has agreed to sell the Suns. He is and the Mercury, the WNBA team. He is taking his horrible punishment from the nba and going to make like three billion dollars oh boom boom sarver yeah they got you buddy <laughs> boom now you're gonna be a multi-billionaire <laughs> incredible but the headline is a fire is an ice will this loom over the suns this season and taint uh what could possibly be another run to the western conference finals hopefully for this squad yeah, I'm I'm going to go a fire on this one as well. Also, shout mm. out the Aces 2022 WNBA champions. Great shout out. Becky Hammond, former assistant coach for the Spurs, former San Antonio Silver Star. The Aces are my WNBA team, if I would say to have one, because they moved from San Antonio to Las Vegas. Spurs, yeah, please sure. don't do that. <laughs> They don't have any churros in Vegas, okay? <laughs> exactly. So good job, Becky Hammond. That was awesome. She crushed it in her first year. Hopefully she continues to crush it. Back to dirty Robert Sarver. Will his shadow loom over the Suns? Fire or ice? It's it's fire. And because the Suns, if there was ever a team that didn't need another thing, like looming over them, uh, going into a season, <laughs> it was the Suns. And now they have this, which is... I mean, all the other ones are just like basketball related. This one is like real life. Like, I think the players feel bad about it. You know, they didn't do anything, but just like being part of the organization. So I think they were already on thin ice. I think they were fragile and adding this on top. I think it might be disastrous. <laughs> it's the straw that broke the Sarver's back. Uh, Chris Paul, you know, to set, let me fight for ice's side here for a second. If there's anyone with any experience to how to handle this extreme situation it is Chris Paul, who was on the Clippers during a very similar situation with Donald Sterling. Now he was directly forced to sell the team. Sarver has done so just from public pushing. So it's just a little bit different, but he was already going to be suspended for a year, which James Jones, the Suns GM, was probably just like, oh, incredible. Let me get yeah. as much good work done as possible in this year. This could be great. Um, but now he's going to have to deal with a new owner, you know, in the way, not like in just the way that new owners like to have their guys in all little pieces of it. So we'll see. But Chris Paul, I think, can navigate through this the best that anybody could. Because those Clippers were successful in that year with Donald Sterling controversy. They did beat the Warriors. That was like the last time the Clippers beat the Warriors in a playoff series. So I'll, I'll, I'll be nice to the Suns and I'll just hope that it's ice. Right. I hope that it's ice too. I want that team to be good again. Um, so I just want them to just be good at basketball. So that was fire ice. If you loved that segment, tweet at us at DimesPod. If you have deep, deep concerns about the future of that segment, email me at dimespot at gmail.com. Either way, we would love to hear from our loyal listeners. Next up, after this break, we're going to get into some NBA futures, the best bets to make for this upcoming season. The time to bet is now, folks. Stay tuned. back and we're doing some of my favorite things right now and that's looking at odds for nba awards picking your few guys picking your horses before they go out and even start the race 
We're going to start with Defensive Player of the Year. I'll give each award a little recap, and we'll try to see if we can learn from the past to make some cash in the future. Last five years, Marcus Smart won this last year with the Celtics, and then we got Gobert. And before that, it was Giannis, and then Gobert, Gobert. He's won three of the last five. So really, Gobert, you're seeing just a big guy locking down the Jazz defense. Yeah, Giannis, who was just a true, true superstar starting in that um, 1920 season. And then Marcus Smart, which to me kind of came out of nowhere, but the Celtics just kept building and building and building and not losing all the way until the end of the season. So the perimeter guy, that was a shock. Usually for a defensive player of the year, we're looking for a big guy. The team definitely has to be winning for sure. Yeah. I mean, probably behind, just behind MVP and maybe with recent history, a little above it, your team has to be winning if you want to be a defensive player of the year. So that's what we're looking at. Probably a big guy and definitely someone who's going to be winning a lot of games. Jar, what do the odds look like for defensive player of the year? So these odds are coming off of FanDuel. And for Defensive Player of the Year, we got favorite Rudy Gobert, big shock at plus 450, Bam at plus 700, Robert Williams plus 800, and Giannis sitting at plus 1,000. That's the top four right now. Can we cross any of those off, any of those top four immediately? Because I feel like we can with Giannis, right? You feel like we can cross Giannis off? I just don't think that he'll ever win that award again unless he just kind of like starts to play 38 minutes a game again like i think like he already won it and boonholzers set the way that they're gonna play with this build of Giannis, chris middleton and Giroux. i mean Giannis, i think is definitely the best defensive player on that team mm-hmm. but he's, he's not the flashiest Giroux's the flashiest winning playoff games with steals True, true. I guess that's a good point. Yeah, he's his MO in the regular season has been kind of playing like 32, 33 minutes, <laughs> usually because his team is just so good. But um, yeah, I think I think they're going to give it to someone that's like completely defensive minded. It just has to be uh, like the narrative thing of like, I mean, all of these could be narrative narrative, but defensive player of the year. There's not just like that one stat that everyone can look at and be like, that's it. People have been pretty good about ignoring blocks and steals in terms of like, that's like the best defensive player. Cause like James Harden gets a lot of steals. because mm-hmm. He just sits back and the ball falls near him. And he gets, he just plays a lot of minutes. Who are you looking at? I, so I really just pass up Rudy. Like, I think he is the favorite for a reason. I think there's a lot of you know, reason to believe that he's going to win it again. But at some points, I feel like the voter fatigue has to set in. Like Mm -hmm. he can't just like, even though there's been a year, a year break, like I feel like they're like, how many times are we really going to give this guy this award? (laughs) So I'm looking at the second best odds or the second lowest odds, actually plus 700 bam out of bio. I think this is maybe even just a hopeful pick. Mm, We love bam. He's a team player, offensive and defensively. Do you think the Heat are going to have a good enough record? I know you're a Heat believer. I think they're going to have a good enough record to get banned that award. I think so. I know you said like your team has to be winning. I think they're just like going to firmly be in the playoffs again. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that will qualify them, even if they're like a little lower than the past winners have been. I think voters will remember like they've been very firmly in the playoffs for a while now. So like, they're like, okay, he meets that qualification. The thing holding him back in eyes of me and the people who actually have a vote would be games played. Mm -hmm. So if he has a high enough games played and he's out there with Tyler Hero and Kyle Lowry and the Heat are winning games, I don't see a reason why Bam couldn't. My pick outside of those top four was a guy whose odds I thought was way too low and that's my guy, Joel Embiid. Yeah. Plus 2,400 for Mr. Joel. Talk about a guy who just needs to play some games. You just got to stay on that court, which he did a good job of last year. 
And I do have a little bit of bad news for you. You should have placed that bet because he's already down to 2,100 plus 2,100. <laughs> the dimes bump before we even record? Is that possible? <laughs> yeah, someone got an early taping of this, you know? <laughs> Who took a picture of my notes? What's going on? Yeah, Joel Embiid, I don't want to spoil anything, but for MVP, when you have another top 15, top 20 caliber player in the eyes of the public on your team and James Harden, it could be hard. You might He's not going to split any votes because James Harden is not getting any, but it would just kind of drag Embiid's down slightly. But Defensive Player of the Year, He's probably going to get props for defensive yeah. player of the year if James Harden is out there on the perimeter and the Sixers are still locking it down. The addition of PJ Tucker, the addition of DeAnthony Melton, this team is going to want to grind other teams down. Pick mm-hmm. and rolls, free throws, half court defense. I think Joel Embiid is going to thrive. And for that buy in, plus 2,400, 2,100 now. That's a lock for <laughs> defensive player of the year. That was really convincing because, yeah, like you can be a really good defender, but if your team has bad defense, they're going to be like, well, how good is he really? So with those guys that you mentioned, their team might be good at defense and then he's going to be the anchor. It, it's all adding up. You might have just convinced me. You know, Harden and Bede had a little longer than a preseason. They had a third of a season together last year plus the playoffs they're barely getting to know each other and the staff that everyone likes to throw around they had the most efficient pick and roll in basketball after james harden was there their pick and roll was efficient because one of the two of them was getting fouled every (laughs) single time and they make the free throws yeah both of them do yeah so with that with the pace and i think the sixers have a ton obviously to prove in the regular season this team's going to go go out there. They're going to be deep with the addition of Montrez Harold and the other guys I've mentioned already. This is my pick for Depoy. I think he should be higher in the ratings. I don't understand why Bam is ahead of him. I mean, it's not like Bam's ever won. Joel hasn't won. If they play the same amount of games and Joel Embiid has a better record than the Heat, I mean, Joel Embiid can just affect a game more. He's giant. I get Bam can defend perimeter players, but like if you put Embiid beneath the basket, no one wants to go in there and party. Right. And just real quick, a couple of the other guys that are ahead of Joel Embiid, uh, Draymond Green, Mikhail Bridges, Anthony Davis, Marcus Smart, and Evan Mobley, uh, all more likely odds to win this award. I looked at Mobley. What do you think about him? I think that he had a really great rookie year. I think his defense was like, it was clearly really good. And that's like, could definitely be his identity in the league. I think he just needs to be like a bigger name, you know, Mm. before he like wins an award like this. Like, I don't know if he recreated that season, like, I don't know, even a little better. Like, I think people need to get in their heads that Mobley is a defensive juggernaut out there. And that could happen with the Cavs. If they start winning more games, they have a star, Mobley could get there, but second year and he's still next to Jared Allen that might pull from him. He's going to have to start seeing some like really cool defensive highlights, I guess is what we'll have to see one spicy one. I'm just going to ask this, just going to put it out there. What are Ben Simmons' odds? (laughs) He's not that much lower. He's at plus 2,700. So he's, Three spots below Joel Embiid. If the Nets start on fire, if they're not, if they're fire, not ice, and Ben Simmons's only job is to be that Draymond Green, and he is extremely well rested, about as well rested <laughs> as an NBA player could be, and he's locking up centers, he's locking up point guards. Do we see a Ben Simmons Defensive Player of the Year potential? I can see it, but what I want him to say at the beginning of the season, I kind of want him to announce that he's going for it. I want him to say, no one talking about my threes. It ain't going to happen. I play defense. The LeBron James tactic where he just lets everyone know this is what you should do. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay, so my official pick 
is Joel Embiid plus 2100. Let's lock that in. JR, you want to lock yours in? I want to lock Bam in. I think that he's going to take a step forward on that end of the floor, really own that defensive identity. I'm locking it in. Cool. Two locks. You can bet on them both. And if either one wins, you make sweet, sweet cash. You're welcome, folks. I don't know if legally, sometimes I hear other podcasts say, like, this is not gambling advice. Like, don't do this. I don't know if that's something we have to legally say. But if it is, I'm saying it now. <laughs> but, like, wink, but like, wink, wink. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, if it's, if it's not illegal to say, then... We're giving winners out. <laughs> I mean, stone cold locks. Do whatever you want to do. Sixth man of the year. Going backwards, the last five. Tyler Hero on the Heat. Jordan Clarkson. Remember when the Jazz were good? Uh, Montrez Harrell. Clippers buddy. And then Lou Williams. Lou Williams. <laughs> back to back. That's three Clippers in a row. Lou, and Lou Williams just like gone from existence also it's just crazy that he was like the most important bench guy now whatever those five guys again winning teams sixth man of the year another one that has to absolutely be on a winning squad because why would this guy be a sixth man <laughs> like just put him on the starting lineup if you're losing a bunch of games <laughs> exactly <laughs> pretty horrible coaching uh any guys following that category awesome team probably a scorer the only non-guard was Harold, and it could have possibly gone to reggie jackson in that year when he was six manning it up with Harold. it's like the assist from jackson to the dunk to Harold in that pick and roll right jumping into odds we got jordan pool plus 500 tyler hero 750 malcolm brogdon plus 1200 Nashawn Highland, a.k.a. Bones, on the Nuggets, plus 1,600. Uh, Jordan Clarkson and Cameron Johnson, both at 2,100. Man, when I was reading that list earlier today, I just stopped at Jordan Poole. And I was like, well, there's the money, plus 500, pretty good odds. Probably going to be, the for sure, a six-man on that squad yeah. with Steph, Clay. Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and either Kevon Looney, James Wiseman, somebody. And I putting up 20 a game, easy? Yeah, I mean, definitely. He has the fire that Hero had, like in the bubble. He's going to come out <laughs> on fire. And, you know, Hero made me think a little bit at plus 750, but like, I don't know, he already won it. I don't know that he's happy in the six-man role. Like, I think he wants to prove, you know, himself more than that. So it's going to be pool, everyone. Uh, Pat Riley came out last season in the playoffs and was like, "Hey, you know who? Uh, you know who he gets to start is people who defend. So if Tyler Hero starts defending, then he'll start starting because his offense is—he's probably the best offensive player on that team. He all around wow. skill. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, Jimmy Butler could just take a drive to the basket every single time and just cause wreckage. But if I I'd much rather have had Tyler Hero taking that three at the end of the Celtics Heat Eastern Conference Finals than Jimmy Butler. Let's just Agreed. put it that way. Agreed. But if Poole, Poole's a six man, and he wasn't last year. Like, mm -hmm. he played too much. But now we have Clay Thompson. Poole's the guy. He's going to party. Steph's going to rest. They're going to be up by a million, and then Poole's going to put him up by two million. Is there another guy who could possibly take this six-man award away from Jordan Poole. Poole's injured. Who's getting it? Poole's injured. I also put a little star next to Malcolm Brogdon at plus 1,200. Mm. I think the Celtics are going to be right back in it, and he's definitely going to be leading that, that second squad. Um, and that's, like, what he's good at is owning, like, facilitating scoring when he needs to. He actually plays good defense, so, like, He's going to do a little bit of everything. And I think that second unit is going to be really successful. We'll love to see Malcolm Brogdon healthy enough to win, to like compete for this award against Poole. It'd be cool if we had Celtics Warriors, like dueling six men uh, kind of competing throughout the season. I could see Brogdon for sure, especially without Gallinari. They're going to need somebody creating offense on the bench. Robert Williams got an, Knee surgery out for training camp. Seems like they're going to start the season a little thin. 
If Brogdon's healthy, that would actually make a good push. And with his defensive play, that could get some people away from the traditional, like, okay, this guy just scores 20 points, just pure offense, six-man deal. Right. Um, I like Brogdon, but Poole plus 500, that's good enough for me. Lock it in, Jordan Poole. Yeah, we're going to double up on that lock. And now we're moving on to most improved player. Before we even get into this, JR, this one's always weird. Who, like, what, is there a type of player you think should win it? Because it's been, it was John Morant last year who took, like, the leap to true superstar. The year before that, it was Julius Randle who kind of burst through all-star and, like, kicked up one level more. Then it was Brandon Egram, same kind of range. Siakam, same kind of range. Oladipo, that one was almost like comeback player of the year versus yeah. improved because <laughs> that was when he was on the Pacers. And it's like, okay, like he was already kind of good and then he took a dip in the thunder. Like, who are you looking for? What type of player should get this award? It is interesting that you said that about Oladipo. I kind of always get a little comeback player of the year, like influence on this award, but that's just not what it is. Like if he's his name's probably going to come up Zion, if he comes back and plays, he was so good when he played, he might improve a little bit, but like that jump percentage wise is not very high. So I want a guy that I, I guess was playing and like what you wouldn't say is good. And now you're like, oh, okay, like this guy is like now starting or, mm-hmm. you know, leading his bench unit. So I want a guy that was bad. Right. Like this is a big thing from the starters, the basketball Jones, the no dunks podcast, whatever they change. They change names every couple of years. I love the freshness of them, <laughs> but skeets on there is always talking about like, yeah, it shouldn't be a guy going from his second to third year. They're supposed to just be better. And that's Siakam, that's Ingram, that's Morant. Julius Randle, I liked that. It's like everyone, the the book was written on Randle. And then he came out and he improved. And then he immediately unimproved. He went the other way. He got worse. <laughs> so maybe that was wrong, but he did. His stats improved. So I like the guy you don't really expect. Now, the person I'm going to pick for my bet does fall in <laughs> that two to three, three to four year range because that's who win it. But that's not what should happen. I think we can agree upon that. Yeah, exactly. And I will echo that my pick might also fall into that category because <laughs> that's who's going to win. We've, you know, we can't do anything about it, folks. If we could, we would. JR, run down those odds for us. Uh, the favorite right now, a large favorite, Anthony Edwards at plus 1,000. Uh, Halliburton plus 1700, uh, LaMelo Ball plus 1900, RJ Barrett plus 2100, and I want to mention Zion at plus 2700. Mm, interesting. Zion can't win it. Like, no, he was so good. No, except like it should be called like the most now you're healthy award because like he already showed his awesomeness when he was healthy. Zion, you better not win this award. Anthony Edwards. Like, he's already good. Like, he's already doing the thing. Like, he's supposed to just get a little bit better, right? I mean, plus yeah. 1,000 for the lowest odds is pretty high. So maybe that is worth the just swing on Edwards. Yeah, it kind of seems like FanDuel's like, we have no idea who's going to win this award. Like, mm. you know, make 10 times whatever you put in right now minimum. I think, like, for him to win it, though, like you said, he was already good. He would just have to be unquestionably the best player on that team. And I don't know that that's necessarily going to happen with Cat. So, yeah, for mine, I looked at that young guy who's going to have who's growing and he's going to have more potential. You know, the voters like to spread their picks around. So if in a world where the Timberwolves are crushing it, I bet those go towards a Depoy Gobert more than a most improved Edwards. This team, the New York Knicks, if they start doing well, Jalen Brunson's there, but who's going to be leading them offensively? I think it has to be R.J. Barrett at plus 2,100 for most improved. He did well last year. He needs to build that consistency, and hopefully with a real point guard and some less playmaking opportunities taken away from him, he can focus more 
are what's going to make him a star, and that's putting the ball in the basket. Yes, fully agree. I want to mention his new teammate, Brunson, sitting right behind him at plus 2,200. So they are kind of expecting a breakout year, uh, really, from one of those two guys. But I, I'm with you. I like Barrett. Um, he had some really high-scoring games last year, like in the high 40s. So, like, he has the ability. Uh, let's just get some highlights going, yeah. <laughs> the Knicks always on TV. They're playing on Christmas. So, what would Brunson have to do to get most improved? Because, it, I mean, he basically was beating the Jazz without Luka Doncic in the playoffs this year. Exactly. Same thing with Zion. Like, dude, you're already good. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like... And then like my Edwards argument, like he would just have to be like, guys, this is completely my team. Like Randall and RJ, you are good on this team. You have good stats because I am like setting you up so well. It's like he would have to be like an all-star. I think all that kind of stuff. If Brunson can just get Barrett two more open threes a game, that's a game changer. Just adding that efficiency to his shot. He's a lefty, so layups are going to look cool. He's Canadian, so, you know, all those voters from Canada will probably talk about to Barrett. I don't know. There's lots of reasons. Did you have any else you were eyeing besides Barrett? I mean, Edwards, if he becomes the leading scorer on the Timberwolves, he's probably going to get it. Exactly, yeah. He's the favorite now, so usually that means something. I'm taking a trip pretty far down the list. Oh. A guy sitting at plus 3,300. Ooh. who's going to have the car keys. He's going to have no one else to worry about. He plays in a little town called San Antonio. <laughs> Keldon <I> Johnson. <laughs> no idea who you were going to say. <laughs> wow. I mean, most improved, we said it, this does not have to be a person with a great record. I mean, Brandon Egram, Victor Oladipo, these teams were not first or second seeds. Right. They were getting these. Now, this one might be a little rough because we say it every <laughs> week. We better have the worst record in the league. So maybe they'll take that into account. But however much he can produce, he will. Like there is nothing holding this guy back this year. And to that, I guess I will say like DeJounte Murray didn't get very much love and most improved this last year. And our team was better. And I think he'll, I mean, he was an all-star. <laughs> if Keldon Johnson is an all-star, where's my shoe? I will eat this <laughs> shoe. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that is a spicy one to put it on. That would be incredible. Where's Halliburton? Because talking about a guy with opportunity, who's actually, like, a very good basketball player. Yeah, so he's he's right behind Edwards at uh, plus 1,700. So, okay. might be a good bet, too. Yeah, I just think those, I mean, you don't have to be great with a record, but you probably can't be that bad. <laughs> and the Pacers and Spurs are going to be circling that turlet bowl probably around <laughs> October 20th, 21st, a couple of days after the season starts. Uh, so we'll see with that one. Of the three that you locked in, JR, oh, who's, who's your lock for improved? I am going to lock in. Knicks fan here, surprise, going R.J. Barrett. <laughs> yeah, I'm locking that one in. So if you had to pick one lock for either defensive player six or improved, who's your most locked lock? Who's your deadbolt lock of those three? The deadbolt lock has got to be Poole. I mean, he would have won it last year if Clay was playing, so he's just going to win it this year. Yeah, he's not going to have any fewer shots because he's taking them if he gets the ball. That's a deadbolt lock, and this is a break. It's time now for the rookie of the year. This one's always my favorite because it can really go all over the place. We got Scotty Barnes last year, winning team, defensive minded, kind of a shock. It felt like it was just Mobley or Cade all year. All of a sudden, the middle one out and Scotty just 
who was averaging like 40 minutes a game on the Raptors doing everything. So we got Scotty. Year before that, LaMelo Ball, no defense, no winning. Year before that, John Morant, super explosive, some winning. Luka Doncic, clear superstar, instant hit. And then Benjamin Simmons missed his rookie year, came back, lots of winning. And the only so far one of those five that we could say, all right, like his career didn't hasn't really gone anywhere or done anything massively important or beneficial to winning. LaMelo still pending. We haven't seen a great team around him yet, but usually in those rookies, we'll have a bunch of like, you know, LeBron, uh, Chris Paul, and then it'll be like Michael Beasley, just a complete dud. So we're not even looking for who's going to be the biggest star ever. It's just who in this first year can score a lot of points and catch the eye of the voter, JR, who we got. Uh, pretty low odds to start. Plus 200 is the favorite, Paolo Banquero. Uh, then we got Keegan Murray, plus 500, tied with Jaden Ivey, also plus 500. Uh, Jabari Smith taking the four spot at plus 700. Uh, Benedict Matherin at plus 1100. And then a huge jump after that. Those are the top five. Wow. I can't really fathom why Jaden Ivey is the head of Jabari Smith. What, what do you think the odds makers are seeing in Ivey? I think maybe they're thinking he might be, I don't know, more like explosive, more like fun to watch. But I think Jabari is going to be, spoiler, he might be my my lock here. <laughs> I mean, plus 700 for the third pick in the draft. I know Ivey is right there behind him. But Cade is still there. Jalen Duran is there. They have like other NBA players. The Pistons of all these squads that have these rookies right there with the magic are probably going to try to win games at the yeah. beginning of the season. The magic also way too crowded. Jalen Suggs, big game Cole Anthony, Franz Wagner. How's Paolo going to get to 22 points a game? Jabari? He's going to walk into 20 points a game. They're going to ask him to take as many shots as possible. Sure, Jalen Green's next to him, but then there's nobody else. There's zero other people. Exactly. They got rid of Christian Wood, and they said, take everything that Christian Wood just had. And so he's going to walk in, like you said, 20 points per game. I mean, maybe the the voters will look down and say, what are these empty stats? But that's not really a thing that they care about, with rookie especially. and. Scotty Barnes, LaBella Ball, John Morant, Doncic, Simmons. These guys are not low draft picks. So Benedict Matherin, there's probably no chance. Like they want to give it to a star. And Jaden Ivey, I'm just going to say it. He may not even start. <laughs> I mean, Killian Hayes and Kate Cunningham were fitting really well next to each other with the defense of Killian and the offensive creation of Cade. You can't put Ivy and K next to each other if they're going to try to win games at the beginning, right? Yeah, I completely agree. At least at the beginning of the season, he's not going to start. He shouldn't start. And maybe if he's trending toward being that good and he is in the running for rookie of the year, maybe he will end up starting. But at the beginning, no way. Paolo being plus 200 over all these guys. Also, it's just too crowded. He looked good in one and a half summer league games. He threw a couple cool passes and he didn't play at all. Right. I mean, first of all, all these guys could suck. I'm not putting plus 200 odds on anybody. Why is that so high? Right. If I'm, I'm going to make some money on this. Like I said, Jabari Smith, just with he's definitely going to start that Rockets team. It's probably going to be we're going to lose games. Let's just score as many points as we can. He's really going to show off his offensive game. I'll start off. That's my lock. <laughs> you know, I'm hovering around which one I want to lock. The only thing that I'm going to push back on Jabari with and the way we would lean towards Ivy or Paolo is the Rockets are going to want to tank. And eventually they're going to say, Jabari, 
oh, how's your ankle feeling, bud? Is it a little sore? Are you sure? Are you sure you don't want to sit down for the next four weeks? The Magic are going to be fighting for that plan. <laughs> so if Paolo is good, he's going to be collecting those games played stats the whole way through. Another person who's going to be fighting for those spots, don't want to ignore him, our good friend Keegan Murray at plus 500. What if he's just a great shooter and is scoring like 17 points per game on the ninth seed, 10th seed, Sacramento Kings? Yeah, I wonder, the Kings aren't like that good. I feel like there's enough ball to go around, even with Fox and Sabonis. Like they're pretty, they'll hand the ball off, so he'll get some shots Mm -hmm. up as well. I just, it's the Kings, man. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) The Kings, Tyreek Evans, way back in the day, rookie of the year. But if I have to pick one, I'm in lockstep with you with Jabari Smith. I just think he could also just be the best player still. It's all this hate. We all know that, like, situation fuels everything in the NBA. Unless you're Tim Duncan, Shaq, LeBron James, Kobe. Like, your situation matters. And in this case, Jabari's in a pretty good one to win Rookie of the Year and just put up a bunch of stats and prove all these people wrong. Yeah, pretty, pretty fun. We've agreed on like we've locked in, I think, three of the four. I mean, we're just master, master gamblers. <laughs> so you better get home and get on FanDuel, everyone, unless this is not gambling advice. Then just do whatever you think is you should do in this situation. The final one, the big kahuna, the favorite, MVP. Last five years. Record and seed, Nikola Jokic, 48 and 34 this last year, the sixth seed. Not a good record, way lower than usual is allowed to be MVP. Nikola Jokic, the year before that, 47 and 25, much better record percentage wise, but still only the third seed, shortened season. Then we went Giannis, Giannis, back-to-back, 56 wins, 60 wins, one seed, one seed the year before that. We got James Harden, 65 wins with the Rockets, also a one seed. Dang, I forgot they won that many games with Chris Paul, huh? (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty wild. Um, So this really started in the modern era with Westbrook getting his triple double with by by you know with MVP not winning the first or second seed in their conference. So we had Westbrook with the sixth seed, not even home court advantage with the triple double. And then we kind of went back. First seed, first seed, first seed. Then Jokic broke the seal with a weird year, got the third seed pretty good. But this past year, 82 games, Joel Embiid contender John Morant contender and still just they gave it to Jokic with a six seed. How wide does our MVP spotlight have to be now? I think, yeah, it's getting easier and easier to convince people to vote not based on record. Like they're, they're giving them credit for other things. Um, Like he, he was like the best player in the NBA regular season last year, like the stats wise. And they really felt sympathy for him missing uh, his entire team. So I think <laughs> if you latch on to like, if you can give credit for a reason other than winning, like it's a good story, then gosh, maybe it'll go lower than the sixth seed. I mean, it can never go out of the playoffs. And right. because of that, I mean, I say it could never go out of the playoffs. It should never go out of the playoffs because yeah. of that and how voting has to be done before the play-in. The sixth seed does seem like the floor because if you vote for somebody who's in the seventh seed and then they get kicked out in the playing tournament. And all of a sudden you got an MVP sitting at home. You got to ship it to him on Amazon prime. <laughs> you can't even meet him in an arena anywhere for the playoffs. That's a horrible look for yeah. the NBA. So six seed has to be the floor, right? I mean, I hope it is. I'm wondering, you know, never say never, but I think it's going to be a while before. Yeah. We get a playoff team MVP. Yeah, I mean, we have the odds are of the first few guys all seem like 
they're going to be playoff teams, but not all of them could be one or two seeds. You want to read off those odds? Yeah, Luka Doncic favorite plus 450, Giannis plus 700, Embiid tied plus 700, uh, Jokic coming in at number four again, plus 1,000, tied with Kevin Durant plus 1,000, uh, John Morant and Jason Tatum at plus 1,300. So, yeah, really good players. Obviously, this is the biggest <laughs> award. I think this is at least, I know for a fact, this is at least the second year that Luca has been starting MVP leading, possibly the third. He's been there to the top. He's in that perfect situation of like the only guy, nobody's stealing votes. Dinwiddie's not sucking away MVP votes from Luka Dacic. But if he starts the season slow again, like he has, it just seems like that's an instant ding. It's like, nope, you're out. Sorry. But for what reason? Does Jokic have that much bigger effect on a game than Doncic? Yeah, it seems like, as we saw in the playoffs, no one has a bigger impact on the game than Luka. But he's young, so I don't know if this is already a trend. But like you said, he started the season's kind of slow. Again, a call back to early in this episode. Off-season picks, do they mean anything? Like, is he actually in better shape this year? So... I don't know. I'm not really feeling Doncic, even though he is the favorite. All right. Number two, who was the number two odds again? Giannis and Embiid tied at 700 plus 700. Can Giannis win a third? I think this might be like a pretty like big revenge year for Giannis. But then even as I say that, I'm like, okay, so you just had one year off and your like team was still really good. Like, are you really going to be coming for that much revenge? I don't know. And he's not going to play a lot of minutes. Also not really feeling him. <laughs> okay. So what about a healthy Embiid? Now we're cooking with gas. <laughs> <laughs> so sell us on the Embiid case. Uh, I'll start where he probably doesn't want me to start, which is I think people might feel almost bad for him that he's finished second place two years in a row. Right. And I think he's going to bring it again. So it's like, okay, dude, like you're bringing it again. Your team's probably going to be really good. Like you were so close. Now is your time. He's got to get, he's got to win either Depoy or MVP. One of the two probably mm-hmm. won't give them both. So for him, he's definitely voting for MVP, right? <laughs> That's what yeah. he would like to win. I mean, the social media and the Sixers squad always fights hard for him. And apparently he was like all messed up in the playoffs because he heard the Jokic news. But it's like, hey, like it feels like everybody knew that Jokic was going to win like weeks and weeks ago. But I guess, you know, you kind of hold that hope when it is you personally and do kind of get where he's coming from in that sense. But it's really just Sixers get the first seed. Joel stays healthy. Harden's a point guard. Joel's the game finisher. That's the formula, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that lines up really well. I will also add that Jokic, who will be gunning for his third straight MVP, will have good teammates back, which will take away from him winning probably better record but his teammates take his votes so so that's the question is Jokic in the best scenario to win three MVPs in a row right because the first year was the 72 game or 76 game season whatever it was when he got the third seed last year he was the sixth seed with nobody but he was Super high points, high rebounds, high assists, was leading in all the advanced metrics, led this uh, G League team plus Aaron Gordon to this spot in completely missed the play-in, beat LeBron James and Anthony Davis, still made it all the way there. But now if he leads the Nuggets to the one seed and he, he proves he could be with similar stats, he could do it anyway with anybody could he get that MVP? Because, man, Jokic plays a lot of games. He really does. I think that it's a really close race these past couple of years, and I think it will be again. So I think the storyline matters a lot. Yeah, if he gets the one seed, it'll be like this guy gunning for his third straight MVP, led his team to the one seed, the best team in basketball. Like That story would get a lot of traction for me personally. <laughs> 
And I think the voters also just love a playmaker. Like this mm-hmm. guy plays real basketball, right? Where it's like Embiid puts up extremely similar stats, affects the defensive side of the ball way more than Jokic, but he just doesn't have like as flashy of passes. Embiid doesn't really have like many offensive highlights because he's just like, hey, you're going to have to foul me yeah. if I'm going to get to the basket. But he's all you want in a modern center. I mean, he's giant. He can shoot from three. I wish he would do his Euro steps left because that puts a lot of stress on the old joints for Mr. Joel. But these two Titans are going to be battling once again because Luca, he just gets, he just gets overshadowed by Jokic. Yeah. Do you think that he gets bored during the regular season? It's like you stole. It's like you stole the thought out of my head. Like I almost said that. Like I was like, it's almost like he gets tired in the regular season, but just like tired of like doing the step backs because the Mavs, their offense is so just Harden esque with the Rockets. A little spicier with Dinwiddie, but now they don't have that Dinwiddie backup. It was Brunson the starter, Dinwiddie the backup. Now it's Dinwiddie the starter. Dot dot dot. Jaden Hardy. Hart, yeah, Jaden Hardy, the backup, who, I mean, we shall see what's going to happen with them, but it's just slow the pace, defense, everyone rotate, Dorian Finney-Smith, Reggie Bullock, Christian Wood from three. It's just like, this is going to win, but it's not, people don't want to watch it. It's not exciting. And you need those highlights to win MVP. You need a game winner. You need awesome passes. You need something. Doncic is going to provide those game winners, but this just—he's missing that spark, and I don't know what it is, but he just hasn't caught the hasn't caught the eye of the voters. Right, totally agree. Do you have a long distance guy you like? Someone like over plus two thousand? I do, and I want to apologize before I say. Oh, it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, apology accepted. Continue. Kawhi Leonard is plus 2,400 right now. I mean, he's going to be on an incredible Clippers team, buying for the one seed. He was like a top three player when he was playing. And his thighs thighs and everything (laughs) looks good. He's really big now. Like, I think he's going to be back full force. But he just, I mean, if you don't play more than like 65 games, you can't win MVP, right? That is the thing. But that's why he's plus 2,400. If he can play (laughs) the games, he's going to be right in that conversation. They just won't let him slash he won't let them make him do that. I mean, he'll just, he just has to, he's going to rest those back-to-backs because they need him for the playoffs. His talent is MVP level. Maybe. Haven't seen him play in a while. (laughs) but. He's got to get those games up. My long-distance shot is pretty far. It's old Devin Booker at plus 4,000. I'm anticipating a Chris Paul slumber. <laughs> Go into the cryogenic chamber for a little bit. Take that Kawhi Leonard schedule because Chris Paul can't play 100 games. He might be able to play 80, though, spread across a full playoffs. and if. Paul's not there, then Booker can continue to take more playmaking responsibility. And if the Suns are once again the one seed, with Booker hitting some game winners, looking good, climbing atop this once stacked East uh, Western Conference, why not Booker plus four thousand? If I put a nickel down on that, how much do I get? <laughs> um, maybe like a few. A few dollars, like five bucks. I don't know. <laughs> if I put a dollar, is that 40 or 400? 40. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I'll put $10. <laughs> That's 400. <laughs> okay. Boom. Lock. It's a lock. Yeah. Devin Booker plus 400. I mean, if I had to pick one of these guys, man, it's tough. But I really think, I think I would go Jokic. Really? I mean, just the, I just think he's going to get that one seed in the, like, this triple crown, this three-time MVP. 
he has such a high approval rating. Who hates Jokic besides Philly fans? Right, no one. Yeah. Who's your lock? I, I'm just in shock that you just <laughs> locked Jokic right now. I am actually, I'm going off script. Oh. I'm going to lock someone that we didn't even talk about. All right. My script here. Where where to go? <laughs> Jason Tatum plus Ooh. 1300. Ooh. <laughs> so one seed for the Celtics. Tatum mm-hmm. takes a leap, leads an injured crew to the one seed like I said. Yeah. What else is there to add? I, yeah, Brogdon sixth man of the year. He's like, you know, favorite for sixth man of the year halfway through the year. He gets hurt probably going to happen like we've talked about and so tatum is like leading this you know one squad and then he has to stay on the court for the second squad because brogdon's out someone has to be out there that can make a play i think he's gonna have really good stats can't believe i just did it but i locked in jason tatum we both went with a long shot the best part of these early bets is you got plus 450 on luca and that means you can bet on luca and three other people and if any of them win, you're making cash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Tatum, it's real, real, real hard for just like a pure score to get it. I mean, even Harden, get that insane record, plus all of assists. The last pure just like buckets man was when Durant got it. Right. Right. But. If the Celtics do have the best record in the league, which I think will be a Eastern Conference team, whichever team leads the Eastern Conference will probably have the best record just because the East is weaker and (laughs) the West is going to jump, 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 beat each other up again. I could see that. I kind of like that better than my Jokic one. I don't know who I want. I just don't trust Luka. Like, why has he not got it already? I think we're in agreement. It's just not Luca. Have him prove us wrong, but it's it's just not Luca. And I already got Joel winning Depoy, so I can't give him MVP. Any so, I mean, any any juice for Kevin Durant? I think the media hates him too much. I think he's past the point of you could be the MVP of the league. Like sometimes it just goes, it's gone now. Like LeBron can't do it. People still love him, but it's just like he's past the like. Everyone knows your defense is sus. So it's like, no way that's happening. James Harden passed the point eventually where like just a constant playoff failure and then asking out of the Nets and asking out to the Sixers. Durant would have to, he's also got Kyrie. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I I don't, I think that's just throwing money away. Unlike all (laughs) these others, it's just, just as solid as a, investment it's just gonna you just wait for your money to come out and then boom it's out at the end of the season it's a little playoff prize for you an important note on these that these will not pay out for about (laughs) 10 months nine months (laughs) i mean may at some point yeah that's the least fun thing about futures it's just gotta sit there and you're like (laughs) it's like i'm like betting at 11 55 for a noon game and then getting that cash out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Around 2 33 o'clock. <laughs> Instant gratification kind of guy over here. But the futures, you do get to see the push and the pull. And you can adjust based on how good of your odds you get at a certain point. You can hedge your bets, literally. So considering all the locks, you still thinking uh Jordan Poole for six man is the deadbolt of all these. I think so. It just, when you looked at the list, came to you immediately. And yeah, like I said, he would have won it last year. So this is his year. Definitely his year. Best record. Lots of good opportunities here. Check him out. You want to strike before the season because as soon as the season starts, the favorites are just going to boom start going closer and closer to those minus odds. That's the danger zone. You don't want to see a minus by your odds. No. So I see those pluses. Extra, extra cash. We're about to have some extra podcasts for you after this break. And now 
we have a second new segment of the podcast, Buzzer Beater. It's where JR or I or both will give our final shot. This isn't a question. This isn't like, oh, I'm thinking about this. The shot's up. I'm the guy. I'm shooting the shot, and it's going in. This is my buzzer beater for today. League Pass needs to step it up. I was very wary of NFL Plus. I was like, wait, $5 a month? And I'm going to get local games, primetime games, like games that are on NBC. You're saying that I can pay $5 and watch on my iPad the game at the exact same time. And I don't have to connect it to DirecTV or Dish or cable. I just pay $5. <laughs> and it's not like $5 a month over 12 months and like you pay 60 all at once. It's, no, you can just stop anytime you want. It's just $5. And it's working. You just like you just the game's on NBC, and you can just not have NBC and watch it. Same thing for ESPN, which has been the big problem for like cord cutters. Like ESPN is the one thing you can't get without some kind of cable or cable adjacent thing, like YouTube TV or something like that. You can't get ESPN just by itself. You can get Paramount Plus, you can get Peacock, but you can't get ESPN. This NFL Plus subset, and you even get the local games. So that are on Fox and CBS. So I'm sitting here. I'm like, okay, sure. I don't get every single game like I do with League Pass, but if I could just wait like 30 minutes, then I do get every single game. I don't have to buy Amazon Prime, which costs twenty dollars a month, like five dollars. <laughs> for a more valuable product in the eyes of the general consumer. It's much more popular in America. League Pass, it's promoting this new, oh, we have a new cheaper deal. You can get it when you buy NBA 2K23. Oh, it's only like 100 bucks. But yet, but still, you can't watch primetime games. If it's on TNT or ESPN, you can't watch the game. And it's way more expensive for the premium package. It's $130 a month. You can't watch your local games. I'm going to have to buy Bally Sports Plus. Anyone who's in that world like knows like you really have to have cable to get Bally Sports. That's the local regional network. You know, everyone has one where like the baseball games will be on and some football and some basketball. So like, NBA, <laughs> obviously, you can still be profitable if the NFL is giving out a more popular product with primetime for $5 a month. They only have, you know, basically September to January or December in terms of regular season games. NBA, step it up. Make your thing cheaper. Figure it out, folks. JR. Did I hit the shot? Did it go in? <laughs> That's a game winner. Everyone's charging the court. Hoisting you. on their shoulders. <laughs> it just leaked past the app for NFL Plus just works beautifully. Like you hit the condensed game button. It's right there. You can get the all 22, which League Pass doesn't have an option for. They cut out the commercials instantly. They're, I mean, it... <laughs> I love the NBA, would prefer the NBA over the NFL at any point. But man, just get your stuff together. They off, the NFL only offers this on, on mobile. I haven't figured out how to cast or anything. But if the NBA, you're skewing towards a younger audience already, five bucks a month? Like that's, I mean, a kid could ask a parent for that and they'll be like, sure, please stop talking to me. It's $5, <laughs> go away. Yes, you can have right. it. <laughs> and there's like a, so many games of NBA, so many more games. Like, I wonder how many people actually subscribe to League Pass mm -hmm. right now because it is very, very expensive. It was more, like it was way more. So they have cut it down, I think, in response to this NFL Plus. Adam Silver is probably pissed. He was like, <laughs> Five dollars. Five? <laughs> I mean, yes, you are getting way more content. So I understand that. But like a hundred grapes is <laughs> cheaper than one steak. I'm not calling it like I mean, like, but like <laughs> these 
the NBA just has to hit match market value. Right, exactly. Yeah. And and to your point, you kind of have to have cable in addition to League Pass for mm-hmm. it to like for you to be happy with it. So yeah, because the not... best games are on TNT in theory and exactly. ESPN. And you need to be able to watch your local games. Two things you can't do with only League Pass. And I always thought this was some huge problem. Like this, the contracts just wouldn't allow it. And then NFL Plus is like, yeah, we're doing it. We're doing all of it. And they have the Amazon Prime thing to worry about. That's like a full other whole thing. So then I started thinking, well, like, could the NBA just, like, move completely to League Pass? Like, could they buy just their whole thing and say, okay, $20 a month, you get every single game you want. It's like, obviously, you need broadcast partners for advertising money. That's a completely different thing. But then when I was watching the Amazon Prime game on Sunday night or Thursday night football, I saw commercials. I'm like, $20 a month of getting commercials? And a lot of those commercials were for Amazon Prime. It's like, you've won me over, bud. And I get it. Like, you maybe brought friends over and they're like, oh, I guess Amazon Prime is cool, I guess. But like, it's like when I'm seeing commercials for UTV, TV, like on YouTube TV, a lot of people are getting a lot of free advertisement today on the Dimes Pod. But that's what happens in the buzzer beater. You chuck it up, you turn around, you prep threes. Hopefully you don't look like the Nick Young meme. You look more like the Steph Curry one where he just turns, doesn't even bother looking at the basket. That's my buzzer beater, folks. If you agree, if you think I hit the shot, tweet at us at DimesPod on Twitter. <laughs> Email us, DimesPod at gmail.com. JR, any parting words to our wonderful fans? I feel like we gave out some pretty solid locks today. Yeah, if we, uh, again, take this advice at your own risk and also <laughs> if we make some money we will gladly accept gifts <laughs> <laughs> we will do that and nick if this goes horribly wrong like three weeks into the season we're gonna need to cut this pot from the feed <laughs> so yeah. just know that keep that in nick i want listeners to know we will scheme We'll scheme and we'll hide <laughs> anyway this is a great pot hopefully you enjoyed it Adios, listeners. Adios, JR. We'll see you next time. Bye.